We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everyone? This is Richie. Before we hop into the episode, I wanted to make our listeners of the podcast aware of a giveaway that I've got going on right now on my Twitter account at Richie Randall. If you guys wanted to get your hands on some exclusive stuff that really just isn't out there, uh, it's a select few people that have this stuff as a keepsake, as a souvenir, listen to these directions. I will also give a link in the episode notes below, so if you forget about it or if you just want the direct page in which you need to enter the contest on, you'll have that there. But basically, you are simply following me on Twitter. If you don't already, you are retweeting a post and that automatically enters you into this contest, which ends on Friday, January 21st. If you want an extra submission, which no one has done yet, so this will give you a little bit of an upper leg here in terms of the random drawing, which I will do sometime Friday evening, you can screenshot your review from Apple Podcast and just reply to the thread on Twitter, and that'll automatically get you a second entry. So wanted to make you aware of that contest. Also wanted to make you aware of a future episode that's either coming later this week or early next week with Ashley Shamity. So let's jump into this episode as Spencer and I were on Twitter spaces following the win over the Knicks, a much needed win as they had previously just lost to the Orlando Magic. So we touch upon PJ Washington, Miles Bridges career high. We talk about the improved defense and some other stuff as well. So enjoy the episode. Blue wire. First pick in the 1991 NBA draft. The Charlotte Hornets select Larry Johnson from University I'm not supposed of to be here, man. A lot of people from where I'm from, so don't, don't make it. Charlotte, we're back. All right. Welcome in to another BuzzBeat, a post-game edition here on Twitter Spaces. This is Richie, and I'm joined by... Spencer, today we just got through watching the Hornets beat the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. They are now 24-20 and 20, uh, as their record jumps up, and they beat the Knicks by 10 points. But as Eric Collins was saying towards the end of the broadcast, if you did not watch the game, you would have thought that this game was more of a back-and-forth affair. But it was not. The Knicks cut into the lead towards the end of the game. So the Hornets are winners of five of their last six, a very disappointing loss to the Orlando Magic. 
uh, who just seemed like they wanted it more. They outscrapped the Hornets, but a nice bounce back win here in New York. So, Spencer, how's it going? Great. Great. Got the day off. Uh, a little matinee basketball. Yeah. Awesome bounce back win for the Hornets. Miles Bridges, uh, career day. No, it was it was a lot of fun. So I'm well. Didn't get as much snow as I was hoping for. Richie, did, what'd you get? Ice? Did you get any more snow down there in Indian land? Mostly, mostly ice. Most of the hard stuff. Uh, but Beckett definitely enjoyed going out. We used our little driveway as like a little sledding place. And we, we didn't we don't have a sled. So we used actually a diaper box. So we just put them on a, a, a used diaper box that nice. we had no recycling and just shoved them down the hill. And I'm, I'm not big into cold weather because I wanted to go in. And he's like, no, I, I want to stay out. I want to stay out. And I, eventually we uh, convinced him to come back in because the worst part is like taking off your clothes as it's so wet and your shoes and all that stuff and then having to go back out there again. So, yeah, no, I totally, totally get it. You might be able to hear Drayson in the background crying. But, yeah, we, we took him out this morning. Didn't really do any sledding. It was like just, yeah, walking on crunching ice. So even he was kind of like, all right, I'm ready to go back in. Forget this. This isn't that fun. So, uh, but no, you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. Hornets. Let's talk Hornets. Let's talk Hornets. Yes. Like I said, 24 and 20 at this point after this win, uh, we're going to start with Miles Bridges, a career high. And I, I guess really we should start with the fact that LaMelo Ball was not available. Well, I guess he was available in this game. He was not officially listed as out. But he did not play. He had a sickness that was non-COVID related, and players had to step up in his absence. And the one player that did uh, was Miles Bridges, and he played all of the first quarter. I think he played over 40 minutes in today's game. He almost outscored the Knicks 22-23 to in that first quarter. He just had his shot falling tonight. And I think the most impressive thing for me from him tonight was his ability to drive and finish with that quote-unquote offhand. I think Eric Collins gets so surprised when he finishes with his right hand. I'm actually the opposite. I'm surprised when he hits like a left-handed floater. Uh, To me, like anything that he's doing, it always almost finishes with like a running shot with his right hand. And I think this is something that we saw too not too long ago when LaMelo Ball was in health and safety protocols where when you have your primary guy out and – arguably your best player on on the team you need someone to step up and you know it's something that probably as a podcast we've been contemplating all year whether or not miles can be a primary guy or is he more of a situational primary guy where he only steps up when Lamelo is out so I think it's nice to see a guy like miles bridges had his three-point shot shot falling had his driving runner floater falling and he hit a tremendously impressive up and under where he caught it in the corner explodes off the court goes goes up and under very difficult shot made it look very very easy and one last thing that I do want to note with him it's it's a trend that I've been following all season where his pull-up three-point shot last year he shot at a very high clip this year not so much but tonight in Madison Square Garden he had that pull-up three working so all-around game for Bridges on both ends of the court. A career high tonight, or today. I keep saying tonight with this matinee game. It's so hard to kind of adjust there. But what, what do you think about that in terms of like how much of Bridges can be that primary type of guy? Or is it just kind of like a situational thing sometimes when LaMelo's out of the game? Well, I mean, you know, you broke it down really well. I mean, he gets started started off at the beginning of that game, and he's he's hitting that above the break three, you know, pull up three, where Charlotte can basically just throw him the basketball 
and Miles can get into his one, two, three dribble, pull up, you know, herky jerky stuff. And I mean, that's something he's developed. I don't think it's something that Charlotte can really depend on. It's not, he can't hang his hat on that, but I mean, Miles Bridges today was very much a, a number one offensive option, you know, on, on most teams in the NBA. Uh, I think the potential is there for him to be that guy. I don't think that he, that's his, that's not his ideal role, I think, in the league. But to have a guy that young, you know, still in his rookie contract, we know he's going to be a, a restricted free agent this summer. You know, hitting this kind of stride at this point is is just massive, massive for Charlotte. Big time development uh, for where they are and having Lamelo Ball on the team, like you said. But yeah, I, at the end of the day, like I think this season, Richie, Charlotte has that that they can lean on if they need it, right? Mm-hmm. And they might need that in the playoffs, depending on the matchup. They might need a Miles Bridges they can give twenty five to thirty shots to in a playoff game. But I don't think that's his every night role. Like, I think his every night role is probably being a really good cutter, being a, a good screener, making plays in the middle of the floor, you know, taking 10 to 15 shots and, and just kind of being that glue guy, just do whatever it needs to be done that night. Uh, but today, look, the four teams that have cap space this summer, <laughs> Detroit's one of them. He can go back home. I, I just I think he's gonna he's gonna get a max offer sheet. I think I really think that. And and the Hornets are gonna have to find a way to keep him because you know they gambled yeah. by not extending him or not offering him something that was tantalizing enough to sign something um, prior to this season. But yeah, you could be right. I mean, I, I think it's one of those things that Hornets fans fear this off season to have such a good season and then to lose them. And I, I think that would restart this process with the Hornets team and, and set them back tremendously in terms of their, their kind of growth within this team. So, yeah, I don't think, I mean, there's no way that the Hornets are heading into this offseason thinking, okay, we've got to like pinch pennies here, but you know, they've, they put themselves in a position to where they're going to have to kind of compete with some of those other teams out there in the free agent market. So it's going to be interesting to see. I would hope that, They do everything they can to have him come back in a Hornets uniform. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, for sure. You, you would think that Charlotte, like, you know, this is having LaMelo and Miles Bridges on your team for the next, you know, five to six years, seven years, maybe longer. Like, that, that is the path. That's the way, right? Like, there, there is no other way. I mean, you can't see anything else right now. So, I mean, to your point, Charlotte's going to get expensive really, really fast because LaMelo's extension hadn't gotten here yet. And we saw the report last week with, where P.J. Washington's on the on the block. Mm-hmm. And why is P.J. Washington on the trading block? Well, because he's a good enough player. Well, he would need to get extended as well. And at that point, like, Charlotte's a, a tax team, a tax team in the middle of the East. Like, wh- what is their ceiling? We don't know yet. But let's say they're uh, three, four, five, six, somewhere in that range in the East. Michael Jordan's not paying the tax for any team that, that's not a championship contender and we're just not there yet so i do think the the pj washington rumors are probably pretty accurate and look i said this last you know, this week on twitter that was always the risk when you did not extend miles bridges this was always the risk like you know you look at the probabilities was it the right call maybe it was but the risk was if he takes off well, now you've got this really young roster with a lot of good players that are going to get paid. I mean, it's, it, this is what Atlanta has gone through, right? Uh-huh. And I think Charlotte's going through very much the same thing right now where they have so much young talent, and that's great. But in the NBA, those guys have to get paid. <laughs> and that gets expensive really fast. And obviously, LaMelo Ball like spearheads that because you know he's getting the Supermax the day he can he can receive that. So, it's yeah, th- this team's just getting expensive. So, uh, the trade <laughs> deadline is, is – it's going to be interesting. Well, what's also interesting too, and we saw that report that came out today about the asking price for PJ Washington. And I think both you and I kind of commented on Twitter, how it felt a little bit too high. I think it was two first or a first and a young player. I actually misread it at first. I thought it said two first and a young player. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's way too much. But to your point, like they might have to get off PJ Washington, but if you're trading PJ Washington for miles Turner, who's a, is he a free agent this this upcoming off season? Is that correct? No, he's got one more one year more. left. So, okay. so I mean, I and I think that makes his trade value a little bit more. You know, it, it increases the value certainly. You have him under contract at like eighteen and a half for one more year. I think that's yeah. pretty good. Alex Golden, who's a great Pacers follow, if you want to, you know, get to know that team a little better, he pitched to me a little bit earlier today. You know, like. I, I I tweeted good luck Pacers for getting two first round picks and uh, and a young player and so Alex asked me though he said well what would you say and I would say PJ Washington and Jane and Book Knight that's what you get and he and he said he would take it and and this is a really really educated solid Pacers follow so I wonder if Charlotte because they're not they. They traded a first-round pick for Kai Jones, and that first-round pick might convey this year. It might not. Mm -hmm. But I can just tell you right now, Charlotte is not trading first-round capital at the trade deadline this year. It's just not happening. They're not going to do it. So I think any kind of upgrade has to be a a two-for-one or something like that, right? Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And I wonder when that first-round pick – because you can't trade back-to-back first-round picks, correct, because of the uh, that that rule – 
The Stepien rule. Yeah, rule. yeah. So, so, and, th- and that makes it harder because it's like you don't know when this is going to convey. Exactly. So Charlotte would just, you know, so they would, it would be reported as like a 2025 or 2024 <laughs> or whatever, but like, you can't guarantee that because you don't know how far down the road, but it, it, that, that's kind of like just chump change to the actual point. The actual point is like Charlotte, a small market team that is, is fighting to get out of the play in. They're not sacrificing another first round pick. I can guarantee that right now. That's not happening. No, I would tend to agree, and I think a package of P.J. Washington and James Booknight, uh, obviously there's going to have to be some other salary filler in that, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, I'm not as like tied to Booknight as I think some Hornets fans are. I think some people, anytime Booknight is mentioned in a trade rumor, a lot of people are so quick to shut him down. Like, But what's what's the path for him kind of getting into this lineup with the way that they gave that extension to Rozier? Um, I know that he could potentially be the backup shooting guard because there's not a lot of other shooting guards on the roster with Cody Martin becoming a free agent this upcoming offseason. But, you know, I think he's going to have to work his way back into the rotation here with the Hornets, and he's not shown a lot. I mean, obviously his, his playing time has not been that great, but clearly something in practice is not clicking for him or he's not, you know, he's a rookie, so he's going to have to prove himself in this league. I'm not as tied to book night as I think a lot of Hornets fans are, but I would actually do that, that trade PJ Washington plus book night, plus some kind of filler there. But yeah, first round picks one to our previous point, we have no idea when that future first round pick can be given to Indiana and who knows Pacers may want that first round pick as quickly as possible. And it just may not be the case with Charlotte with that other first round pick outgoing. So yeah, that's that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, how how tired are you to book night? Like, are you like, hey, I I want this guy on my roster uh, for the upcoming seasons, or it's it sounds like you're kind of okay with parting with him? I mean, I, I'm okay parting with book night if it means I only have to give up PJ book night to get Miles Turner. Like, yeah, I'm okay with it at that price. Uh, I'm intrigued by book night. I I think he's a very talented player. I think he'd be a a really really good third option in the league would be, I think his ceiling. Uh, so starter, you know, at the, at the two to kind of lead your bench unit kind of guy. I, I, I mean, to answer the first part of your question, how, how does he get into the rotation? I, I think it has to come at the cost of Cody Martin. I mean, I, you know, and Cody Martin will be a free agent this summer too. And I, I don't think that he's going to have, um, a scarcity of suitors across the league, shall we say? So I, I think that at some point, depending on what Charlotte does at the trade deadline, like he's probably going to Charlotte's going to have a tough time bringing Cody Martin back. So that's probably the path for Book Knight to get into the rotation. It's just playing that that back, you know, that backup, you know, backcourt role. But at the same time. Um, I, I'm not real plugged in to, to Greensboro. I don't watch them enough. I don't, I don't keep up with stats. So I don't, I, I think he's been doing okay there. I mean, I, I wouldn't speak really educational on that, but I, I do think he's, I, I really believe that he's probably um, being talked about a lot on the phone by Mitch Kupchak right now. And he's probably trying to find the teams that liked book night in the draft. Obviously the, the, <laughs> the top 10 teams didn't love him. But there were some teams behind there that that were probably chopping at the bit, you know, to draft him. So I, I he's probably a, a real source of leverage right now for Charlotte and trade talks. I would guess. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of Cody Martin and 
him kind of blocking the path of Booknight right now. I thought he had a fairly good game uh, today against the Knicks, despite you know only shooting three of 11 from the field. I thought he was everywhere on the defensive side of the court, had seven rebounds. And I think that's one thing that we probably should bring up is the defense for this team in terms of how well they've been playing for the past you know 14 days. They've been a top five defense just based on the numbers. And we saw some zone zone defense against the Knicks today. A lot of zone today. Yeah. I, I just eye test wise as much zone as I've seen in a long time from Charlotte. And it makes sense. I mean, New York, you know, New York likes to play slow. They yeah. really can't shoot it well. So, yeah. Yeah. Good observation. Yeah. And I, th- I think in the first quarter, I, I started jotting down some of the possessions that they were playing out of the zone. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to to judge, especially when there's like a turnover which Charlotte did not have a lot of uh, against the Knicks, but, you know, when they're in scramble mode. But for the first eight possessions of the zone defense for the Hornets in that first quarter, Knicks had just six points on two three-point attempts. So obviously that's less than one point per possession. So I, I think that's just something that we've got to become more aware of with this team in terms of what what they're doing better on the defensive side of the court and with their effort. And I guess one thing that I just wanted to note and hopefully they can sustain this a little bit more, is I, th- I thought they did a good job today uh, kind of containing that initial one-on-one action. But also to the off-ball defenders, what I'm noticing is is they're doing a good job of like stunting and recovering to their off-ball assignments. They're not necessarily digging too deep where they're having to recover uh, a great distance. And I think that's one thing with the Hornets this season we, we talk about it a lot where they're kind of like at this disadvantage fairly quickly into the defensive possession. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense for these off-ball defenders to try to recover uh, great distances because they're having to help so frequently. So if they can kind yeah. of contain that initial one-on-one action as for as long as possible, I thought Miles Bridges did a good job today, one-on-one, uh, other players as well. And then you have those off-ball defenders that just kind of dig, kind of stunt a little bit. And as they're coming out to the three-point shooters, they're not having to cover these great distances. So I don't know if that's been the sole reason. Um, It's just something that I noted today and something that I've seen the past handful of games in terms of their defense. So I don't think it's something that's going to be sustained in terms of like the top five, but uh, they're definitely going to have to play better for them to kind of sustain the success in the top of the East. And by top of the East, I guess top six seeds in the East to, to make the playoffs without having to worry about the plan. Exactly. No, I mean, yes, gap defense. I noticed the same thing today. That was the best. I mean, and again, this is a New York's a bad offensive team. Like you, you can just watch that game and like this is an offense that really struggles to get points, especially when you you guarantee you're going to keep the ball in front by playing some kind of zone zone defense. Um, but I, I think you're right. I think the gap defense, the gap discipline um, was was really, really good for Charlotte today. And it's been much better recently. I, I, I think they've played or I think they played way more zone today than they typically do. But that's the the best teams, regardless of personnel. You know, the best teams are the t- on defense are the ones that play hardest. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, defense is an effort thing, and we've seen some really poor efforts from Charlotte this year. Today was a really, really good one, and I think your observation about gap defense and them getting in, digging in, 
forcing the ball back out and then scrambling hard to close out on it. Like that stuff is, that's a shell drill. Like, you know, <laughs> I mean, seriously, you remember doing a shell yep, drill. Yep, yep. I mean, I mean, it's just doing a, a shell drill and making sure you go through it really, really hard. So you don't have to run suicides. Right. Like, <laughs> and, and, but there's few teams that, that can string together really good efforts for continued, you know, for long periods of time. And, I do think Charlotte has the personnel, especially when Ubre gets back into the lineup. They have the personnel to be a pretty average defensive team. You know, I, I wouldn't go not pretty good, but they they can be an average defensive yeah. team. There's no reason with this personnel they can't, outside of the fact they don't have really have a good center. So, you know, today was a great sign on the road. And I, I, to your point, the last few weeks have been a really good sign. I, I if Charlotte can get to 18, 19, 20th in defense on just about any metric you look at, you know, whether it be cleaning the glass or NBA.com, whatever, the offense is going to get them home. Yeah. It just is. They're too dynamic on that end. Uh, I think we, we have that proof now, but the defense can, you know, can they get there consistently? Not every other night consistently. <laughs> yeah. I think too, like, when you only turn the ball over seven times, that helps your defense a lot too, because I think the Hornets have been poor on defense, but transition defense has been especially poor this season. So uh, not turning the ball over that much, put yourself in a position to where you can get set. Do you have any other highlights from this game that you want to point out before we start to wrap? And obviously anyone here in spaces, we appreciate you guys joining us. And if you guys have a, a quick question or comment, we'll, we'll go to you as well. But I guess there's only two other players that I, I quickly want to mention before I throw it to you. I thought Terry Rozier made some timely three-point baskets. Uh, he also had his in-between game working as well, two of three, I think, from the mid-range. Gordon Hayward didn't shoot the ball too well from the field, I think six of 16, but he does a good job of knowing when to insert himself into the game and when to take over, exactly. when to facilitate. I, I think sometimes fans get upset with the fact that he gets paid so, so much but he's not scoring at all. But I also think he knew that Miles Bridges had it going on, so he was a little bit more reserved, and he was just there for the catch-and-shoot you know, three-point shots and stuff like that. But there were times in this game where he kind of flipped that switch and, and was aggressive. So any other final notes from this game? Yeah, I mean, no, I think Hayward was the one player I was going to bring up. You, you know, you started there. He just... <laughs> yeah, I was texting Buddy yesterday. It was Big Hornets fans saying, you know, I'm I'm super frustrated with Hayward, huh. kind of at my, at my wits' end, and you know, it's just like he he's there and he's really really good for stretches of the game, and then he disappears. And you know, I I told my friend, I was like, you know, it's just he's one of the he doesn't have to be there, you know, all the time for Charlotte, which is what you were just saying, and and why he's you know inserting himself in the right parts of the game when the offense might be drying up or whatever it might be. I mean, like, I think that Gordon Hayward, I think you're right. I think part of it is as much as he gets paid. And so people think he's supposed to be the Hornets best player. Gordon Hayward has incredible basketball IQ. He's not a perfect basketball player, but without Gordon Hayward, this team, I think is like probably five wins less, you know, five, five losses more. Right. So I, I, yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I think Gordon Hayward is, He's he's the, he's the uh, Swiss Army knife of this Hornets team, and when things start to dry up, he's there to save the day because he's one of the few guys that you can throw the ball to at the nail. He can put his shoulder into another player, get off a decent looking shot, or get to the free throw line. Like he's man, come playoff time, that guy's going to be really really important. And I think Hornets fans will will learn that quickly. 
All right, just a couple other notes as we wrap here. It's funny looking at the uh, the box score here. The Hornets only had seven bench points against the Knicks, where the where the Knicks had twenty nine. Hornets still able to win this game by ten. I think you know the bench unit for the Knicks has kind of been a story for them all year. And then just another thing to note in terms of the free throw percentages, Hornets didn't shoot the ball great, but Knicks were even worse. They were 11 of 21. So uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap here for Spencer. I am Richie. We will see you guys next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.